0: Hey and welcome to the Healthier You podcast. I'm your host Sarah Elizabeth and I'm a women's health coach. Each week we delve into all things health and wellness whether that be nutrition, hormones, periods, stress management, personal growth and everything in between. It's my mission to guide you into being the CEO of your own body and life by understanding how to support your health and your hormones so that you can leave feeling lit up, tuned in and turned on by your life. I am so excited that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Healthier You. So today we're going to be delving into the world of hormones and specifically three things that you're probably doing that are wreaking havoc on your hormone health. So this is going to be super helpful for you if you are wanting to experience better periods. So maybe you have PMS, maybe you have short cycles, long cycles, irregular cycles, PCOS, PMDD, whatever it is and you want to experience better cycles in general or maybe you struggle with none of the above and you are just hoping to optimize your hormone health and I think as women it is so so important that we really prioritize eating for our hormones and supporting our hormones even if we don't struggle with these things because I think we forget that hormones are literally navigating and controlling your entire body so they are responsible for how you're sleeping how well your thyroid is functioning your stress response literally every single thing is governed by your hormone hormones and it's not just about periods or your menstrual cycle your hormones are literally you know they're they're so important for every single function in the body so a lot of women that I work with maybe they don't struggle with irregular cycles but they struggle with gut issues for example which can massively be hormone related or maybe they struggle with um, staying asleep or falling asleep or maybe they struggle with feeling wired or anxious all of these things are hormone related and so eating for your hormones is not just about eating to experience better periods which you absolutely can do but it's also about eating in a way that is going to optimize your health and make you feel your best your most energized and your most vibrant self So the first thing that is usually wreaking havoc on women's hormone health or overall health is the way that they are responding to stress and the fact that they're not managing their stress. And I think what often comes up when I mention stress is like, oh yeah, I totally get that I need to be meditating more or I need to be you know, resting more or I need to stop giving myself such a hard time about X, Y, Z, but we don't really understand the science behind how stress impacts your hormones. So I want to tell you a little bit more about that today so that you can understand exactly how it works and exactly why this is such a problem for your hormones in general so when i talk about the stress response what i'm really referring to is your hpa axis which is essentially the way that your hypothalamus your pituitary and your adrenals communicate with each other when you are under stress So when you're experiencing a stressful situation, it's actually your brain that's the first thing to react. So I think when we're under stress, our natural reaction is to think, oh this is emotional we're not really quite sure how it's impacting our actual physiology we think maybe it's emotional it's something that i can just brush off but what's actually happening is first of all your kind of brain sends a signal to the amygdala which is the region of your brain that's responsible for your like emotional responses and your mood and essentially then your amygdala kind of sends a signal to the hypothalamus and your hypothalamus is a super important region of the brain because it helps to produce the hormones that regulate everything from your heart rate to your body temperature to your circadian rhythm whether you're sleeping or not whether you're um, waking up energized or not um, your hunger levels basically everything in the body and so your amygdala sends a signal to your hypothalamus which then passes on to the pituitary gland that you are in trouble it's like this cascade of different reactions all because a stressful situation has come up so then the pituitary gland signals to the adrenals that they need to start pumping out cortisol and adrenaline because it thinks that you're in danger and so your cortisol and adrenaline are essentially those Get up and run hormones that are going to help you to get out of the emergency situation that you are in. So you can see how this kind of roller coaster of different things are happening every time you experience a stress response now there are two problems with this the first one is that your body is pumping out a bunch of cortisol and adrenaline and when your body is doing that it cannot prioritize the other functions in the body which is why we always say don't eat in a state of fight or flight because if you are eating while this is happening your body literally cannot prioritize the digestion of your food so I don't know if you've ever noticed that when you you're eating and you're stressed or when you're eating and you're on the go and you're or you're eating and you're reading an email or whatever else maybe you don't digest that food so well and you feel bloated and you feel gassy and you just don't feel like it sat very well, purely because you were in fight or flight when you ate that food. And so, you know, chewing slowly and breathing before you eat and calming your nervous system before you eat is like gut health 101. Um, Because your body can't literally prioritize your digestion process. If you're also kind of like your head's in your emails, you're stressing about what's going on at work, you're answering a bunch of emails or trying to get down to the bottom of your never ending to do list. It's just, so important to remember that when you're eating you really need to prioritize actually eating now the second problem with this is that it can do some long-term damage so your hpa axis this kind of communication between the brain and the um, adrenals is really designed for emergency situations only this is why it was designed it was designed for the times when you're crossing a busy road where your life is in danger or when you're in a stressful situation but because literally literally most of the women that I work with are in a situation where their HPA axis is clearly just working all the time and it's always on overdrive. It's not designed to work in that way. And therefore we start to experience more chronic symptoms like hormonal imbalances. So here are some of the symptoms of HPA axis dysfunction, which is also kind of termed adrenal fatigue. Now, obviously your adrenals physiologically can't be fatigued, Um, but it's just kind of the turn of phrase that people tend to use. Um, And here are some of the symptoms just so that you can start to identify like, is this something that I'm struggling with? And again, it goes back to what I was saying at the start of the podcast, which is, you know, it might not be that you struggle with PMS or uh, period problems in general. Your hormone health is still really, really important because some of these symptoms have got nothing to do with periods at all. Um, So the first one is things like, um, you know, having difficulty falling or staying asleep, feeling tired, but wired, getting a second wind late in the evening, so maybe coming to life at like 11 o'clock and all of a sudden having loads of energy, Um, waking up feeling tired or groggy even though technically you've slept enough, Um, feeling hangry on a regular basis, so feeling irritable, feeling like you really need food right now, um, which obviously coincides with a lot of the work that I do around um, binge eating and emotional eating with women because oftentimes it's actually HPA axis dysfunction and it's not that they are. you know, reckless around food or that they can't trust themselves around food. It's actually physiological, you know, a need that they have. Struggling with your memory and brain fog is another one that I hear of so often in practice where it's like, I forget things all the time, or I just can't remember anything, or I feel like it takes me ages to put a sentence together and um, that is also a sign of HPA dysfunction. Um then, you know, depression, anxiety, there are so many women that I work with that genuinely believe that they are anxious people, but then it just turns out especially when we do the hair mineral testing and we can see that their body is like completely depleted of minerals and they have clearly just been in a stress response for a v- very long period of time. Maybe it's not part of your personality. Maybe you are just Under so much stress that you need to replenish the nutrient stores before you can expect yourself to remember stuff, right? So another one is if you're irritable or you lose your temper quite easily, or you'd class yourself as someone who's got quite a short fuse, that's also a sign that you are under so much stress that you literally are just at your at the end of your tether all the time. And then lastly, we have things like um, you know, doing some form of strenuous movement, but then it really, really impacting you, and you really struggle to recover or maybe you're really struggling with body aches afterwards and it just takes you a while to get back into the swing of things after doing movement as well so if you are listening to this and you're like oh my god i literally have all of those then it could be that you are in a stress response right and you have been in a stress response for a really long period of time So now when we go back to this idea of knowing how important it is to take care of your hormone health and that not just being about your cycle, that not just being about experiencing better periods, it also means being more productive at work, it also means sleeping better, feeling like you've got more patience with the people in your life and your relationships, feeling less anxious, this is what optimal hormone health is all about and the reason that this is number one on the list is because this is something I see quite commonly where women are kind of just passing off these symptoms as if, oh, well this is just my personality or this is just me or it's just a phase of life that i'm going through but if you're in a situation where you're literally depleting yourself of nutrients through being under so much stress you're eventually gonna burn out and it leads to problems in every single area of your life. So it's really, really important to establish, like, is this something that I'm struggling with and how do I start to put this back into balance? And another thing that's really important to mention here is the fact that, you know, if you are doing all of the mindset work, right, you're doing all of the yoga, all of the meditation, you're doing all of the, you know, reframing your beliefs around who you are and what you can accomplish and all of those things, and you're still exhausted, it is so worth checking to see if you have any vitamin or mineral deficiencies because I know so many women who are absolute powerhouses who are doing so well in their businesses who have you know their mindset is on point they are so self aware they are so good at setting boundaries they're so good at doing all of the mindset stuff but then when we do their hair mineral testing it turns out that they're actually completely depleted and devoid of nutrients and therefore it doesn't matter how much mindset work they're doing they're still in a position where they are feeling stressed out and feeling feeling overwhelmed and experiencing all of these symptoms because they're not replenishing the nutrients So that's the first one. Now, the second one is that you're still not optimizing your breakfast time. Now, for optimal hormone health, you ideally wanna be starting your day with a really high-protein breakfast. And I am still seeing it all the time where women are starting their days with cereal for breakfast, or they're starting their days with no breakfast, or even worse, coffee for breakfast. And so not only are they not having that high-protein meal, and I guess it's important to have that high protein meal. Let me go into a bit of detail around that so that you know why that's important. Essentially, that's gonna stabilize your blood sugar for the rest of the day, right? A lot of the women that I speak to or that I work with, um, they're struggling with those 3 p.m. afternoon slumps and they struggle with their energy they get cravings and so you know maybe they start off the day and they're being quite restrictive maybe they only have a coffee they don't really feel like eating much but then later on in the day they get all of these cravings and they end up really reactively eating a lot of different foods and studies show that when you front load your nutrition onto the beginning part of your day you make better choices with your food for the rest of the day that is now scientifically proven which I'm really excited about because this is something that I've been talking to women about for so long now around really setting your day up with the right nourishment I think because a lot of us have come from that kind of like diet culture background where it's like try and eat as little as possible all day long you think that you're getting a head start by not eating much for breakfast but in reality what's happening is when you're not eating much for breakfast or you're just basically eating a bowl of sugar which is what cereal is unfortunately with no protein in it no nutrients then what happens is for the rest of the day you're on a slump you're on a blood sugar roller coaster and so this means that you're experiencing cravings energy crashes you're feeling irritable and hungry for the rest of the day and so the way that you start your day really really does set you up for a really good energizing day. Now, some of the women that I work with and some of the women that I speak to will often say to me that they just don't have an appetite first thing in the morning, that they're not hungry at all first thing in the morning and it makes them feel sick to eat first thing. And for me, this is a little bit of a red flag because it kind of says to me that you're living on cortisol, especially at the beginning part of your day. And if you think about what you're doing at the start of your day, the chances are it's quite a stressful time of your day, right? So if you're a mom, you're probably packing up the kids, getting them ready to go to school and then trying to get off to work Work, or if you work you're trying to organize yourself trying to get yourself together um for your uh, for your day or whatever else usually the morning is quite a stressful time so imagine if you are just running your whole morning on stress and adrenaline and not actually living on fuel right and not running your morning from genuine fuel and nourishment and so this is why it's a little bit of a red flag to me when people are like oh i'm not really hungry in the morning it's like what are you using for fuel is it cortisol is it adrenaline and if that is you and you also struggle with the symptoms that we mentioned before you will feel so much better if you even try to just incorporate a little bit of food first thing in the morning and just start really slow maybe for you this is like having some greek yogurt with some berries or whatever it is something really really small to start with and eventually your body will learn that it's going to get nourishment first thing in the morning and you will notice a massive difference in your energy levels and your cravings throughout the day like it's honestly the best hack in the world to just start with a really nourishing plate full of food my the beginning part of my day is literally like four eggs um, rocket pomegranate seeds cucumber like I go all out for breakfast and I just feel so well nourished for the rest of the day and I you know my blood sugar levels remain stable I remain able to handle stresses and deal with situations that are reactive because I've got the fuel in the tank to do that and I think a lot of women um, really struggle with fueling themselves first thing because they're like oh I'm just saving it for later I'm saving it for later Um, but actually you'll eat way more later if you don't eat now reactive eating will always be a response to under eating in the first place and another little note on that is to have your coffee after your breakfast rather than before when you have coffee first thing in the morning without having breakfast first your cortisol levels are naturally at their highest first thing in the morning anyway and then you're adding to that with more caffeine which is obviously going to cause a cortisol spike so you're just kind of adding fuel to the fire when you're not nourishing yourself first thing in the morning and then you're also having a coffee on an empty stomach so coffee in the morning is okay I love that as part of my ritual as well um but I will always have it after breakfast breakfast because I just know that if not I'm going to be feeling anxious and a bit twitchy for the rest of the day and it really does impact your blood sugar levels and things like that as well so that's a really really important point and lastly you're not addressing your gut health this is something that I see so commonly and it's a really easy thing to do if you struggle with your hormones you naturally think that it's a cycle problem so then you go down the route of hormone healing, lifestyle, diet change, all of those things, but you're not addressing, maybe there is a imbalance in the gut or maybe there's some disruption in the gut. And the gut is really, really important for hormone balance because the way that you excrete excess hormone is by going to the toilet. And so if you're not um, going to the toilet, maybe you struggle with chronic constipation or maybe you have really, really loose stools. And so then you've got to ask yourself the question, are you even absorbing the nutrients from your foods? Um, Are you you having the time to kind of for it to go through the process that it needs to go through before exiting the body? You've got to ask if all of those are working in an optimal way. And then of course, if you're chronically constipated, then you can be in a situation where hormone is just recirculating and recirculating around the body over and over again. And so it doesn't matter what you do it with your hormones and what things you're doing for your hormone health, if you're not eliminating properly and if you're not going to the toilet properly, your hormones are always going to be out of whack in one way or another and sometimes people will tell me Sarah I don't struggle with my gut health I am absolutely fine I go to the toilet regularly I don't struggle with bloating but actually a lot of gut health symptoms aren't related to the gut right so maybe they struggle with acne or psoriasis or eczema or any sort of skin conditions can be gut related UTIs there are so many different symptoms again similarly to hormones where it is down to the gut but we just aren't seeing like the physical you know the bloating things Like that as well. So, gut health and working on your gut health is really, really important. And one of the things that I'm absolutely loving doing for my clients at the moment is looking at their stool testing. So, it's something that I've added to my practice where we literally send off their stool sample and it will come back and it will tell us exactly, you know, what the bacteria in their stomach is doing. Do they have dysbiosis? What bacterias are then not enough of, what bacterias are overpopulating um, the gut and causing an imbalance. It is so so interesting. And what I often find is that my clients are taking like generic um probiotics and things like that, and it's actually making their symptoms worse, and it's because it's the complete wrong probiotic or the wrong kind of um, intervention for their specific gut and what they're struggling with. So it's just something to add on to that. And I think gut health needs to be a really big part of the conversation when we talk about hormones because it plays such a huge role it is so so important especially if you feel like you struggle with nutrient deficiencies but you're eating all of the right foods it's like are you absorbing the food though um, and so there's so many different things that we need to kind of consider when it comes to looking at your hormones which is why it's so so helpful to hire a practitioner to do the testing the hdma testing is as standard with my one-on-one coaching um, which is amazing because it gives us a real insight into your body's stress response are you completely depleted at the moment or do you have enough energy like where are you at in terms of the way that your body is responding to stress, how are you functioning, how are all of the um, processes in the body um, working at the moment, are they exhausted or are you doing okay Um, and then of course there's the option to add on other testing such as like the gut health testing, if you are struggling with your gut health and you want to know exactly what's going on because the generic advice just isn't helping you and you want to find out a little bit more about why you're experiencing the symptoms that you're experiencing. So I hope that you have found this helpful, definitely let me know once you have given this a listen let me know what your biggest takeaways were do give this a screenshot and share it on your instagram Um, and don't forget to tag me in it when you do that as well so i can pop over and say hi and thank you and i will look forward to catching up with you soon